the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiecka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiecka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome back to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share the latest information and leading-edge thoughts to support the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring unification, the marriage of individual and collective intelligence. Unity consciousness is a topic often included in any discussion of evolution and enlightenment. As we move into the higher frequency of the new era, our interrelatedness is becoming increasingly available. How will this change uh, the face of our interactions as individuals and as organizations? Will we be able to evolve beyond the dog-eat-dog mentality so prevalent in corporations? Is it possible to cooperate and work as a continuum rather than in competition? What can be the result of working as a unified force in family, business, and community? With us to explore these possibilities is Jetta Molly the executive director and founder of Intelligent Life, LTD. Intelligent Life delivers training programs for leaders and organizations seeking a completely new approach to the age-old dilemma, how to make personal lives, business, and society work effectively as a continuum. Intelligent Life is a consulting company specializing in the concept, practice, and application of natural intelligence within. Intelligent Life works alongside leaders and organizations to implement a universally beneficial model to simulate change from within, which can scale across societal and global levels. Her website is www.intelligent.life. Jenna, thanks so much for joining us on Mission Evolution. My pleasure. So you're in New York City right now, huh? I am the Big Apple. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, what's, what educational background do you have that led you into what you're doing? Say that again, Gilda. That's okay. What educational background do you have that led you into what you're doing? Nothing uh, that was so specific to what I'm doing now, but I was born with a sort of inbuilt curiosity for how things work. So even as a young person, even before I started school, I was always looking at the people around me. I was looking at the world around me. Um, with a fairly discerning eye, always looking to see how does that work, why does that work that way, and what can we do differently. So I would say it really was the school of life that educated me. I had, I have been all around the world, met many, many people, been exposed to many different teachings and traditions, and that's all had an effect. Um, actually, talking of qualifications, I do have a qualification in anthroposophy, which is the study of spiritual science. And you might wonder why that didn't come to mind straight off. Um, But I studied it from the point of view of how to educate children. And what I was always interested in right from the beginning was how to educate adults, because I don't see children as being the problem for how we got to where we are. It's really um, our adulthood that shapes the world around us. So it was that stage of life that I really wanted to affect affect the adults and you can help the children out, right? Exactly, yeah. 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 So what is natural intelligence? We describe it different ways, but basically it's the operating code of how energy works, energy building, the basic building block for all of life. You know, it is the, the sort of single unit that everything is made from. And so it's really the operating code for how energy uh, is structured how it functions and and what qualities it contains because that gives us the formula for how to operate as human beings and interact with every other aspect of life. So it sounds like you're talking about the quantum level. 
Yes, it definitely applies on the quantum level. And I know there's been a lot of talk about this lately, you know, how the quantum level applies to the macro level. And, you know, even in quantum mechanics, they readily admit that there is a disconnect. You know, some of the principles which apply in quantum mechanics don't necessarily seem to demonstrate their behavior in human populations. But what I have found by investigating this is that you can get a lot of clues from that quantum level. And actually, if we use it, if we use the operating principles of the quantum level, they do actually scale up. It's just that most people are used to looking at human behavior on the sort of day-to-day level rather than the potential level, and therefore they don't necessarily uh, extrapolate that quantum level out. So if people uh, were to become more educated in and mindful of cooperating with the quantum level design, that could increase our effectiveness, don't you think? Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, and the key word here is experience. You know, we need to experience the quantum level rather than just learn about it. Otherwise, you know, the quantum physicists would be the wisest people on the planet. And even though they're clever, they're not necessarily the wisest people on the planet. So to develop that wisdom, we need to take what is conceptually possible on a quantum level and experience it. It's only with experience that we educate our consciousness and are then able to implement what we learn and understand in the world. So what tools are available to achieve that end? Well, I mean, we at Intelligent Life, we certainly provide a program which covers that range of concept and practice and application. Um, And we run uh, training courses. We have CDs available. At the moment, we are um, building a tech platform which will host all of the work and be interactive for the user. Um, we also have, you know, live retreats and seminars. So there's a range of tools available. But generally, it's, sorry, it seems like, that's okay. It seems like the tools there have been tools in in ancient history um, that work with the quantum level that are considered more magical today. Can you speak to that? Well, I'm a pragmatist, and I'm very, very down to earth about this. And one of the reasons for that is, you know, having studied pretty much every Uh, philosophy and religion um, and, you know, so-called magical approach out there, what I found was not a lot of that was translating into making our world a better place. Certainly, it had a massive impact on the adherents who practiced it, um, but it stayed fairly encapsulated within those areas. So, for me, um, for many, many decades now, I've been interested in how can we use this knowledge to actually make the world that we live in a different place, you know, actually forge a different future, take us to a different kind of outcome, because the trajectory we're on is not remotely magical. It's um, a little troublesome, isn't it? It's a little yeah. troublesome, and it's do, very do you, sobering. Do you see us as having an opportunity to evolve as a species at this time? Absolutely. I I couldn't put it better myself. There's a massive opportunity. I mean, we've always had that opportunity. Evolution of consciousness is pretty much, in broad terms, the only opportunity out there. Uh, And we're all involved in it to some extent, whether we realize it or not. So, but a lot of us um, live our lives fairly blind to that opportunity and therefore we don't realize the potential that's there for us. But I would say absolutely. Right now, there's a, a, a massive waking up of humanity in many, many different ways. Uh, you know, food and architecture, the environment, you know, transport, you know, in areas that we wouldn't normally think of as being, you know, seats of awakening. What do you think is the largest uh, obstacle between us and participating in this awakening at this time? I would say for the mass of humanity, it is simply that we don't know. So uh, we could call it ignorance in in the true sense of the word, just simply not knowing that it's available. You know, um, you have to look fairly hard and the information available is fairly sparse if you truly want to understand the raw mechanics of life. You know, there are religions available, there are philosophies available, but they tend to be packaged in a fair amount of 
you know, ritual or tradition. And that can sometimes be hard to wade through and sometimes hard to relate to, particularly for the Western user. Um, it's very rare to find, you know, the bald mechanics of life laid bare. So that's what we've tried to do because the... So is it is it because the um, um, the traditions were designed for the people of that time, tribe, more tribal-like people, and it doesn't translate well? Yeah, it's partly that, but it's also partly that as... Uh, consciousness evolves it is moving into you mentioned in the beginning as we move into higher and higher frequencies as we do that the our ability to perceive and understand um, and therefore act upon changes so you know the opportunity is changing the opportunity is always conscious evolution but how we carry that out and what we need to learn changes as it evolves and therefore, you know, it's, you know, our teachings need to evolve as well. And some of those teachings are, you know, couched in a language and, um, and a time when um, those lessons were important. They're still important. It's just how do you get them across, right? Yes, I would say so. Although I feel that, you know, the, the goalposts do move. You know, um, you know, enlightenment, as many people see it, you know, is a sort of a one-stage game, and you just need to reach that. But actually, you know, as we evolve, the goalposts of enlightenment are also moving. You know, in the days when, you know, the we're going to we're going to have to pick up on the goalposts of enlightenment on the other side of a commercial break. Okay. Jetta and I, <laughs> Jetta and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games, no need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 
401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. To stay abreast of all the wonderful information and tools we have, visit our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and our guest this hour is Jetta Malley. Her website, www.intelligence.life. Jetta, we were just talking about the moving goalpost of enlightenment, and I, I this fascinates me because seems like there's this overlording belief that uh, you, there's a place to arrive to. And what you're telling me is maybe there's not. Yes, and it depends on where you stand as to what you see also. So I was just about to say that, you know, in times gone by, enlightenment was considered just to be able to hold your consciousness relatively still in the present moment and to operate from a sense of knowingness. But as we evolve, as we pass those previous landmarks for enlightenment, then the frequency of enlightenment also moves further ahead. And that's kind of, it's almost like a light ahead of us drawing us forward. And that is governing the, um, the progress and also the, the magnetism of all the human souls that are you know, engaging in this process. So, like the proverbial carrot. Exactly, exactly. But from another point of view, and this is why it's so frustrating for so many people, there is nowhere to get to because what we are seeking is available to us all the time. Now, we've all heard this before. That is not a new thought. But the amount of people who know that idea don't necessarily practice it. They are still looking ahead, thinking that, you know, my knowingness is going to come to me in the future, which completely um, obviates the opportunity that we have in the present moment to access that. So even though uh, consciousness is evolving, and that seems to us like it's a time-based reality, on the other hand, that which we are seeking is available to us all the time. Now, that eternal available um, energy in the present moment doesn't change. So that, that, that stays the same. But what does change is our conscious ability to notice it, to um, connect with it, to understand what we're experiencing, and to operate from that place. And so that really, that what I just described, defines that process of conscious evolution. But that which we're connecting to doesn't change. I, uh, I wish I could quote the person's name <laughs> that uh, did this um, interesting um, um, proof through mathematics that the causality is equal parts past and present, but only happens in, uh, excuse me, past and future, but only happens in the present. Is this kind of what you're talking about? Yes, exactly. So the idea of past and present can only really exist now. So even, you know, we do this experiment when we have big groups together just for a bit of fun to say, try to leave the present moment. And some people uh, will cite, you know, well, I'm imagining the future or I'm remembering the past, but you're still doing that in the present moment. So we as human beings, we as all creation are absolutely wedded to the present moment. We cannot leave. That is the only place in which life exists. And therefore, if we want to look for answers to what life might be and how we can live it well, we have to look in the present moment. That's the only option we have. It's also interesting that consciousness as as a human faculty, the, the ability to notice one's experience, that only operates in the present moment too. So the design of life is giving us tons of clues as to where it is, how it's showing up and how it's designed. And we need to be willing to work with that um, in order to access it. If we're If we become more and more willing to work with that, and accessing it, is it going to give us power over outcome? 
Yes, within the extent that it's set up to give you power over outcome. So because the design of existence is fixed, and when I say fixed, I don't mean limited, but it is fixed. It's already decided. It doesn't change. It isn't whimsical. Because that is fixed, what changes is our role, our interaction with it. So all the diversity we see in terms of experience and growth and understanding and change and outcome is really just an expression of our interaction with something that is fixed. So yes, it gives us power over outcome, but it isn't going to make things possible that simply aren't possible through that design. So we're really not looking to create uh, a set outcome. What we're looking for is to uh, further our ability to interact with that fixed energy um, and evolve through that interaction. So basically find our sweet spot on the wave. Yes. And, and because it is fixed um, and it is amply provisioned within it, you know, the energy of life has every single provision within it. So we are never going to run out, you know, we're never going to get bored, we're never going to exhaust it, we're never going to uh, uh, utilize all of our faculties, then sit around twiddling our thumbs and say, now what next, you know, what's the next buzz thing? So the, the provision within the energy of life is so ample that we will never get to the end of it. And, you know, and hence what? the game is on. You you mentioned that uh, we're entering higher frequency times or the frequency is raising at this time. Mm -hmm. um, why is that? Well, there's two reasons. It depends how you know far out you want to go in your explanation. You know, one reason is that the leading edge of human consciousness is raising, and as that happens, we naturally influence not only just our own experience but our environment. And we know. Uh, through the beauty of studying quantum mechanics, that those environments are not isolated. They are constantly in a state of interaction. So as we evolve, naturally the whole evolves. So the sort of pervasive environment, conscious environment of the planet is um, quickening, if you like. The other reason that, you know, uh, takes a little bit more stretching to get your head around is the fact that the beings who are non-incarnate, who govern what happens here on Earth and how it evolves, um, are giving us a lot of help um, and providing those frequencies for us. Does it have to do any, anything, does it have anything to do with our relative positioning in the galaxy at this time? No, it doesn't, uh, because that would be, that's a sort of geographical location, uh, whereas this is a, um, a dimensional one. Oh, so this is interdimensional. Exactly. Okay, so what, what does conscious evolution mean to you? It means that our ability to perceive, experience, understand, and interact with the design of life, it is, it is that progress um, that is represented by how we, how we look, how we feel, how we understand, how we behave, how we interact with those around us and the planet itself. So that, that progress is recorded as the evolution of consciousness. So how can this evolution change the face of our interactions? Well, it's sort of the other way around. It's the, the, the quality of our interactions actually influences our progress and our evolution. So the evolution isn't happening independent of our understanding. The evolution collectively is the expression of where we as individuals have got to. So it's a sort of the collective record of where all the individuals have got to in their understanding. That sounds almost like um, an Akashic record kind of thing. Uh, yes. Um, for me, uh, you know, being uh, the eternal pragmatist, I'm always looking at, you know, our day-to-day -day interactions and understanding and how we operate uh, within, you know, our own being and with all the other beings around us. Is there some sort of ESP involved in being able to do that? No, it's actually, it's something that, you know, we are all born with, you know, the design 
gives us these faculties. We're all given exactly the same faculties. Um, but as I said before, because we don't know about it, we don't know how to utilize them. But everybody has those faculties. You just need to understand how, uh, how they are, how to access them, and how to make best use of them. It's also a, not a sort of overnight process, as you can imagine. You know, it is, um, it is a, it's a gradual process of understanding and awakening. And, you know, our behavior changes little by little. And, you know, there's probably many of us think too slowly, and they, they could be right. We have about half a minute left in this segment. What are these faculties you're talking about? Our ability to notice energy is, you know, our, our primary faculty, you know, and consciousness gives us that ability. So consciousness is given to everybody that exists, every human being that exists, the ability to notice our experience. If we place our consciousness on energy, for instance, we start to notice energy, we start to be able to mine down into it. And and everything we notice of consciousness we then experience. So that's really the key. So is it as simple as um, paying attention to what you're hearing versus paying attention to what you're seeing versus paying attention to what you're feeling? That can be one aspect of it. That distinction can be one aspect of it. But it actually goes beyond the seeing, hearing, feeling realm, you know, because that is where we create content. But there's a level of energy that lies beyond all of those aspects of being, uh, that is eternal and pervasive and here right now. And it's that that we're talking about logging on to. Well, it is time for that promised break. But on the other side, I'd really like to get into how do we start listening to that other place? So it is time for this short pause. Jetta and I will return to our discussion on the other side. So you stay right there. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show. And we're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. ABS Media. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365.
Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing leading-edge information, supporting the path to enlightenment. Don't miss all the wonderful things we have to offer on our website, missionevolution.org. And while you are out there, visit our blog. Become part of the discussion. I'd love to hear your thoughts. We're speaking with Jetta Molly, her website, www.intelligent.life. Jenna, we were just getting into, we have the, the, the five senses, that, that we, and we can change focus from one to the other. Mm-hmm. It seems like what you're talking about is being able to then change focus to our sixth sense, or the sense that uh, registers the energies going on around us. How do you do that? It's really a case of first understanding that those energies are there all the time. So the reason that our experience of that can be a little bit hit and miss is because that we try to operate blind. We're not really quite sure what we're looking for, what form it comes in. So many of us are you know, a little bit hesitant or doubtful that it is there. And then on top of that, we have this ego identity that says, you know, we may not deserve to access it or, you know, other people can do it, but we can't. So all of that actually works against us. So the first thing that we do is provide a comprehensive overview of what we call the model of life, which goes into detail about how existence is structured and what the mechanics are. Then after that, it's so much easier to translate that into experience. You're, you feel that you know you have the understanding and the tools available to make that exploration. But in its simplest terms, it's simply noticing the energy that gives rise to your existence. And it's there all the time. You, you wouldn't be able to operate any of your five senses. You wouldn't be able to think or speak or feel or go about your daily life without that energy being present. So it's really looking at, instead of looking at the, the garment, looking at the fabric, looking at this sort of underlying presence of energy which gives rise to our experience of life and our experience of being. It leaves me questioning, and of course we don't know, but if a child never saw an adult walk, walk, would they get up and walk anyway? Well, that's a very good question, and I don't know the answer, except that I imagine that as human beings we're constantly trying to experiment, so I think we would get there in the end. So why, why don't we get into this energy on our own? Why, why, what has happened that's disconnected us from something that's always there? I would say we do get into it. I would say that the world around us um, educates us out of it. Certainly, you know, babies are born into a pervasive energetic environment. They don't have independently arising consciousness that they can move at will to choose that focus. It's sort of given to them as as an add-on. And so young children also have that much more collective, unified experience. They're not so quick to, um, you know, identify themselves as separate or different. You know, if you see young children playing, they are very uh, naturally inclusive. So I think it gets educated out of us and then we have to find it once again. So I would say that we do have it. It seems very counterproductive. We would work much better if we didn't lose that. Why? What was the purpose of educating it out of us? 
In terms of the longer span of time that evolution of consciousness has, has gone through, we, we, we started, you know, very much as, you know, those infants. We started life. Human beings were in a pervasive, collective, um, energetic environment. However, we did not have independently arising consciousness to be able to make choices um, individually. And so the evolution of consciousness took us on that journey of coming more and more into an individualized consciousness away from a collective consciousness. And one could say that the, you know, the zenith of that arc is round about now where we are so individualized, we are so identified uh, with our ego identity as being synonymous with who we are, that we've lost sight of that, you know, collective environment that we all live in. Um, and so now because we've moved away from the collective experience of that environment, we are now coming back to it, but as individually conscious beings. So there is a purpose to that great arc but because, you know, it's happening over, you know, many great ages, we're not necessarily seeing the benefit of that within our lifetime. But we can participate in it. We are participating in it. All of us who are here on Earth are participating in it. That's why we came. Um, you know, unfortunately, we don't remember that once we're here. You know, we end up, you know, once again setting up some kind of identity and then, you know, spending probably the rest of our lives trying to promote that identity, protect that identity, and engineer opportunities for it. So um, we tend to spend our lives um, contributing towards the furthering of that identity rather than engaged in activities which would bring us closer to our more uh, pervasive collective um, environment. Given all that, is it possible to cooperate and work as a continuum at this time? Yes, it is, absolutely. Um, it's not widespread, and therefore those who choose to do that and are able to do that you know, have to recognize that uh, they may be um, you know, thinking thoughts, feeling feelings, and making choices in their life that are not consistent with how the rest of humanity, you know, you might feel as if you're sort of a fish swimming against the flow uh, for a while. Uh, but I think that greater understanding is coming. And certainly if you look, you know, in our lifetime, what seemed like a sort of outlier pursuit has now become mainstream. So I think, you know, society is moving quickly to adopt new practices. Uh, but the leading edge of humanity, you know, is always out there by itself. If we work as a cooperative, what happens to that individuality we just spent all these millennia finding? <laughs> um, well, it doesn't, it, it doesn't get lost. We have sort of personality tendencies. We have wiring. Uh, you know, there will always be the poets and the accountants. They'll always exist. You know, they'll we'll have wiring, which is predisposed towards, you know, uh, one way or another. But uh, the, our individuality is not, um, it doesn't get entirely dispensed with because we start to make individual choices whilst also being in alignment with collective eternal energy and that is really where it starts to get very creative so we use our individuality uh, for creative ends rather than um, ends to separate us so more like pieces to a puzzle rather than isolated by themselves exactly right yes beautifully okay. said mm. that, that makes sense um, what happens to our intelligence um, if we were operating as a as a collective versus as individuals well, again, you know, each one of us has access to that. And, and really, it's, it is the expression of that individual relationship. Our unique relationship to that intelligence um, is expressed in how we feel, the choices we make, the thoughts we think, the places we go, the people we interact with, how we work, how we run our home life, you know, where we shop. Um, you know, the kind of art we like, all of that stuff is, you know, expressed. So intelligence doesn't need us to be some, you know, homogenized um, mass. 
it it is it can do diversity. We've only got to look at nature to see that you know existence does diversity beautifully, and the harmony of all the various aspects of nature um, is is what we can mirror as as the human race. Uh, have there been any te uh, intelligence tests that uh, show any difference when a person's able to um, become more present with the um, the collective? Um, test is an interesting word. I mean, certainly there are um, different ways of see, you know trying to measure, uh, which are of course themselves you know evolving as technology gets clever. I mean, at Intelligent Life, we've developed what we call a mapping system. So we map the current stage of evolution. We can also see uh, where we have evolved from. And we can also map our potential and not our sort of generic potential, but our specific potential, um, usually within this lifetime. Um, so we, we've developed that mapping system. We're in the process of turning that into an app so that people can um, do that um, technologically. You know, HeartMath have also developed um, their heart rate variability monitors called the M-Wave to uh, monitor whether you're in a state of coherence, because being in a state of coherence, you know, heart-brain balance um, puts you in an optimal state um, to be able to operate. So there are various, you know, approaches out there, um, but obviously they're evolving as we evolve. It's, it's really fun to watch it all come together, though, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. You know, there are so many wonderful things going on right now. Um, we just need to, you know, keep that focus and remember why we're doing this. Um, you know, I think that sort of the call of the individualized ego identity is ever present. And, you know, some of these good endeavors do get co-opted. Um, so we just need to, you know, maintain the purity of our intent as to why we pursue anything. That's the key to everything, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Purity of intent. So. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's time for us to take another commercial break. On the other side, we're going to talk a little bit more about intent and what happens when we come together on things. Jetta and I will return shortly, so don't leave us. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. 
Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing together gifted people of service to our world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. I always love to hear from my listeners. Email me at info at missionevolution.org and suggest a topic or a guest that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Our guest this hour is Jetta Molly. Her website, www.intelligent.life. Jetta, so what's, what do you see as the advantage of this new way of being in the world? What, what, what is going to uh, change as a result? I think, you know, the, the very first thing that drops away is a sense of, you know, this pervasive anxiety and doubt, uh, this internal environment of, you know, self-criticism, self-blame that a lot of people are walking around with, which creates, you know, an atmosphere of, of heaviness uh, and darkness within us. And, you know, even if we are good at hiding it, some people are better than others, um, most human beings, if they're in an individualized uh, identity state, are carrying a fair amount of discontent and dissatisfaction. So that's the first thing that drops away. So, you know, think of all those times where, you know, that hasn't been the case in your life. We've all had moments of it. You know, we feel lighthearted. We feel freer. We've got a spring in our step. We feel more energetic. We're more likely to smile. We're more likely to be kinder to others. Our thoughts elevate. So just on an immediate personal level, you know, how we feel about being who we are, um, there's a significant uptick there. But, you know, as we extend that, we as individuals are not isolated. We're interacting with our families, you know, so we create a happier um you know, more contented family environment. You know, we bring up our children better. We are more effective and productive as colleagues. You know, we are more likely to help other people. We're more likely to be patient. We're more likely to be kind. We're more likely to be compassionate. And, you know, all of those things has an impact on our health. All of those things has an impact on how we feel about living life, being here, being human, being in this life. And, you know, as I would, for me, um, the most important uh, expression of that is that we have a desire to contribute. It's not all about me, 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 you know, what can I get out of it? It's what can I give? And that contribution is not forced. It's not a sense of onerous duty. It just arises very naturally that when we feel better about ourselves, we want to share that. It's, it's a naturally outward expression. And that contribution can come in many forms. Um, but we see that people who are really connected, you know, this is a sort of a, a, a natural uh, outcropping. So all of those are very real and tangible uh, and um, immediate benefits. It would seem that when we start operating as a collective, we're no longer left with the illusion of responsibility to do it all alone. Yes, and it's interesting you use that word responsibility because this is something that we talk about a lot at Intelligent Life, you know, that we do have responsibility. We have a responsibility to ourselves, to our being, um, to evolve, whether we realize it or not, or whether we want to take that, want to undertake that journey or not, we, that responsibility is there. Um, and in in 
in fulfilling that responsibility, we realize, yes, that we are not alone in this. But I think we do also have a collective responsibility to contribute. So responsibility and contribution are two of the words that we talk about a lot, two of the ideas we talk about a lot. Well, you know, to bring this more back down to earth, it would appear that the current systems and corporations are just really putting increasing pressure on the individual to perform to the exclusion of everything else. What effect is this having on us and our ability to unify? Well, certainly, you know, if, if you if you look at any human environment, any human endeavor or behavior, you can trace that back to a misunderstanding of the design of life and therefore how we should operate. So that pressure, that, you know, stress, that pushing, pushing, pushing to be more productive, more effective is really pushing for the bottom line. And, and those companies which are seeking that approach or want to promote that approach are doing so at the detriment of their uh, employees' sense of purpose and meaning and satisfaction and happiness and uh, connection with their colleagues. And that is misguided. Anyone who studies the, um, the model of life knows that, you know, this energy is by nature connected. What you do to one aspect, you know, affects all aspects. So, you know, these, these um, approaches, although misguided, you know, really demonstrate a misunderstanding of how things are and therefore how to operate. It's interesting to watch, too, because um, they burn their young people out mm-hmm. and replace them with young people thus never really building substance. Yeah, I would say, you know, that, you know, we've we've come to use uh, the sort of indices of success as being, um, you know, the amount of money that we can make. And again, uh, because, you know, that is a sort of a created reality rather than an inherent one, an eternal one. Anytime that we pursue a created reality, to the exclusion of the eternal reality, we will always find imbalance. And so, you know, that, you know, drive for the bottom line and the quarterly profits is um, is really causing a sort of uh, alienation and a dissatisfaction uh, within those who work in businesses. But, that, that you know, the leading edge is, is coming through that. And, and looking for different ways to operate in an organizational environment. So how will we, you know, if this is, it's massive right now. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of like the, the status quo. So how will we, we be able to make the switch from co- uh, competition to cooperation? That, that really relies on, you know, a few individual companies making that switch and sticking with it, not just doing it because, you know, it creates marketing for their brand, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there was a lot of um, sort of greenwashing when the environmental movement came around. And now there's a lot of purpose washing that they try to convince us that they are uh, aligned organizations because they have a sense of purpose. Very few organizations have a true sense of purpose and stick to it right the way through their organization. But there are some who are, you know, genuinely undertaking that endeavor. And it's those that people will want to work for. And, and, you know, some initial studies have been done and the correlation between um, employee satisfaction and the bottom line of the organization. Now, we're not saying you should strive for the bottom line, but if it comes about, a healthy bottom line comes about through, um, you know, harmonious activities within the company, then we would say that's a, just a, a natural outcome of uh, the internal environment. So... I would say there are a few companies engaged in that right now. And I think it's going to come about through those companies demonstrating what's possible and people seeing that there is an alternative. Because, you know, the, a lot of companies cite the reasons that they don't do things differently as that it's not commercially viable. And that's just simply not true. So, you know, a paradigm shift does need to occur. And there are a few brave souls and a few brave organizations, you know, undertaking that shift. Well, you made a, an interesting point. Is like some companies, um, it's a marketing ploy to appear more green or to appear more unified. But what you're talking about is is having the that um, it be a very genuine, integral part of the structure, and then the benefits are an organic outcome. 
how can we t- how can we teach people that, that that's possible? Well, one of the things that we do is we, you know, hothouse leaders. So we put leaders through a very sort of deep training process to help them understand that within themselves and be able to hold that environment steady, that learning steady, that understanding steady for their team. Um, What tends to happen is, you know, certainly within the corporate environment, that leadership is all the time changing. Um, And so it's hard to provide uh, a continuous learning environment. Also, you know, the short termism that we see everywhere dictates that, you know, unless you can turn a company around within a few short months, it's not deemed a success. But, you know, the evolution of consciousness can't be hurried. So it takes, uh, you know, leaders who are willing to stay the course. um, And it also takes, you know, uh, employees that are willing to undertake that that change and obviously not all employees are they feel a lot of people go to work because they want to earn the money they don't want them to take some kind of personal development program but I think the companies of the future are those where those two concerns are naturally melded they, it won't any longer be distinct well, we have about half a minute left what can we do to contribute individually and collectively to this new way of being the, the main thing is just to take a little bit of time each day to sit quietly and notice that something is giving you life. And that something is incredibly expansive, light-filled, harmonious. Uh, it is, it's provided with an abundant source of uh, benevolence and optimism. Uh, and so that's available to us if we should take up its offer. Well, Jetta, as always, time has flown and we're out of it. I hope the rest of your time in Stateside is, is very enjoyable. And thanks for being on this show. You're most welcome. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Mm-hmm. Our guest this hour has been Jetta Molly, the executive director and founder of Intelligent Life LTD. Her website, www.intelligent.life. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to an evolving world. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. 
For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.